as you settle into your sitting posture for this period of sitting practice, check to see that you are relaxed in your posture and can remain alert in the mind. Also want to take a moment to acknowledge the experience of the environment. Noticing the ambient temperature of the room, the ambient humidity of the room, the ambient sound of the room. And the distinctive sounds of others in the room. We want to notice these ongoing or recurring experiences because they condition how we experience the present moment. So we just want to acknowledge them. And just as we acknowledge the outer environment, we want to acknowledge the inner environment of the body. Generally, how is the body felt to be this morning? Energetic, light, healthy, strong? Or is there a sense of heaviness and sluggishness, some discomfort in the body? A feeling of vulnerability in the body? It's not that one is better than the other. It's just this is the way it is for now. And we want to acknowledge that because it too will condition our experience of the present moment. And just as we acknowledge the inner and outer physical environment, we want to acknowledge the mental environment. How's the mind this morning? What is the ambient feeling or flavor of the mind? Is there an ongoing alertness, an energetic quality to the mind? A willingness to be, to be here and practicing? Or is the mind really stuck and ruminating on the past or anticipating the future? We just want to take a snapshot, glimpse of the energy of the mind, the feeling tone of the mind. Again, it's not that one state of mind is better than another, but we just want to acknowledge the way it is for now for yourself, because it too will condition how you experience the present moment. So we get to work with the way things are in the outer environment, the inner environment of the body, in the inner environment of the mind. And with all of that arising in the present moment, the attention will gravitate towards some peace some part of this whole experience. You might direct your attention to the breath 
or your posture or hearing as a chosen primary object to attend to. Or you may just sit quietly, relaxed, open, and receptive to whatever calls the attention. And it might be the breath, or it might be a sound, or it might be a thought or a feeling. But in every instance, whether it's a chosen object like the breath or the posture, or an object that has called the attention, the practice of mindful awareness is to remember to recognize it. To recognize, oh, breathing in and the knowing of it. Breathing in is being known. Hearing sound is being known. Feeling warm is being known. I say is being known because that is the activity of the awareness, the mindfulness. The sound occurs due to its own conditions. Awareness occurs because there's the knowing of it. What we're cultivating here is the awareness. So we want to remind ourselves each moment that awareness is occurring, it's happening. In each moment, something calls the attention. The something is the object of our attention. The sound, the breath, a sensation, a thought, a mood. This is the object that calls the attention. And then there's the awareness of it. What we're cultivating here is the awareness, not the object. So throughout the sitting, monitor whether there is the recognition of the knowing of the experience. Experience is always happening. We don't have to make it happen. We don't have to make something special happen. We don't even have to look for something special. It's already happening. What we're monitoring here and cultivating is the recognition of the awareness of the present moment. Is there an awareness that breathing in is happening? Is there an awareness that hearing sounds is happening? Is there an awareness that thinking is happening? Last night I spoke about the defilements, the kalesas, the hindrances to our practice. And I mentioned that they often manifest as thoughts. Thinking about the past or the future or the present with a filter on the mind of attachment, aversion, judgment, liking, disliking, impatience, fear. And when the mind is visited by any of these defilements, the mind wanders off in a story or a narrative about the experience or about ourselves, our life, and we're not present, we're not aware. The thoughts themselves are not the problem. We can be aware of thinking. The problem is we get entangled in the defilements. We get entangled in the desire 
we get entangled in the fear. We get entangled in the doubt. We think, I'm afraid. I want. I don't like. And that entanglement prevents us from seeing the impersonal nature of everything that arises. So step back. Just take a look at what's going on. And if you recognize the mind is obsessively ruminating about something, take a look. What is the prevailing flavor of that ruminating? Is it wanting? Is it explaining? Is it figuring out? Is it narrating? Is it disliking? Is it judging? What's the flavor of the obsessive thinking? If you get a glimpse of it, you'll understand how powerful and you'll be able to recognize the defilement that's arisen in the mind. Once you recognize it, we don't need to just try to get rid of it. That would be easy. Open your eyes, stand up, start chanting. But rather, in insight practice, we want to begin to understand the nature of this defilement. So check to see that you're willing to observe the defilement, recognizing that it is an opportunity to establish awareness and through direct observation of it to begin to understand it, growing in wisdom of the nature of this defilement. Remember, Saito Tejaniya said, it's not you who removes the defilements from the mind. Wisdom does that job. And so we want to encourage ourselves to spend time with the defilements when they arise. Get to know them intimately, how they feel in the heart, in the mind, in the body, and what they do to your thinking. In this way, no matter what you're experiencing, it's okay. It's normal. It's to be expected. And it is an object to observe and to learn about. In this way, the continuity of observation leads directly to the natural unfolding of wisdom. We don't have to make it happen. It will happen. Our work is to remember to recognize the present moment as continuously as possible. Again, just do the best you can and let that be good enough.
So, were you aware during the sitting? 10% of the time? 20% of the time? 30%? of the time? Come on now. 60% of the time? Ooh, okay, that's good, good. Any uh, comments about your experience or practice? Yeah. Is awareness different than thinking? So the question is, is awareness different than thinking? And in awareness, is there an awareer? <laughs> <laughs> and in awareness, is there an awareer? Okay. Here's. A, I, I'm going to help you answer your own question, but I'm going to help everybody answer the question. So. What I'd like you all to do now is to hold your arm out in front of you. Think about it. Think, think about holding your arm out in front of you. Okay? That's what you're doing, right? Okay. You're not standing up. You're not doing yoga. You're holding your arm out in front of you. Right? Now, be aware of the experience of holding your arm out in front of you. What is the awareness? What is, what is it that you know from awareness of holding your arm out in front of you? Don't put your arm down yet. <laughs> and don't hold it up with your other hand either. What is the experience that you know through awareness of doing that? Yeah. For your body? Your body? Yeah. Does it feel... Heavy? Yet? Does the shoulder feel achy? Yet? Do you feel tingling in the fingertips? Yet? Huh? Okay, you don't have to think about that. If you're paying attention to the experience, don't put your arm down yet. <laughs> if you're paying attention to the experience, if you're observing what this experience actually is, you don't have to think about, is there an aching in the shoulder? Is there a tingling in the fingers? You know it. Right? It's known immediately, directly. Right? That's awareness. Now, the last question you asked is, is there an aware-er? Are you making that awareness happen? Or is it just happening? I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> Don't put your hand down yet. Let me just ask you this. Has the quality of the experience of holding your arm out in front of you changed over the course of the time we've been doing it? Right? It's changed, right? Did you make it change? No. Insight, right there. You have the insight into impermanence. Right there, just like that. You didn't have to think about, is this impermanent or not? You observed it directly from your experience. Or I should say, it was known by the mind. You didn't make it happen. You can't stop it from happening. Don't put your arm down yet. <laughs> Is there any discomfort in the arm yet? Yes. Yeah. Are you making that happen? No. That's the insight into dukkha. Right? 
This is dukkha. This is like, this is not, this is not fun. This is unpleasant. Right? This is unpleasant. It's painful. It's like, what is that guy doing? Come on. Get over it. Now you've had two insights. The insight into impermanence, the insight into dukkha, unsatisfactoriness. Right? And you've also understood that you're not making it happen. It just happens. That's the insight into anatta. Anatta, not self-characteristic. Okay. Are you... <laughs> now you can put your hand down, arm down. But wait a minute, were you aware that you, when that happened, what the change, the relief, the feeling of relief? Whew. Thank goodness he said you could put your arm down. Yeah. That's... Did I answer your... Did you answer your question? Yes. Yes. You may you may start thinking about awareness of the object. You may start thinking about the object, but you don't need to, because there is the immediate knowing of it with mindful awareness. Right? You can you can think about it and say, "Oh, holding on, boy, this is getting sore. I wonder if that's my old football injury." <laughs> You know, you can do that, but you don't need to. You could, you could also be aware of thinking, or you could be aware of commenting, or you could be aware of narrating my experience. That would be the mental, the mental activity that's going on with this physical activity of holding the arm out in front of you. That's it. That's what you do the rest of the day. Hold your arm out. <laughs> So we're cultivating awareness. You know, whether it's holding your arm out in front of you or sitting or walking or doing your yogi job or going to the toilet or eating, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is there an awareness of this is what's happening now? Yeah. But you also said, recognize the awareness. Yes. Not really. I, I often say, or I've said several times during the retreat already, remember to recognize this present moment. That is awareness itself. Okay? So recognizing and awareness, there's, there's subtle difference, you know, if I get into the technical definitions of what each one is, but I won't do that yet. That's coming later in the retreat. But the actual recognition is perception. You know, mindfulness is the observing or the remembering. Yeah, blue shirt guy. The defilements, um, you mentioned just being aware of those. And I'm noticing that, and you also talked about like being lost and then recognizing something was happening retrospectively. I'm noticing that I retrospectively am aware that defilement was there. And it's as if at that moment in time, the, it just disappears. And I'm, I'm wondering, where's my opportunity to be aware of it? Because I'm, I'm retrospectively knowing that it existed, but not presently able to be conscious of it, I guess? Sure. So the comment is, um, he is only at this point, only able to retrospectively recognize that there was a defilement present. But as soon as that is recognized, then, uh, then the defilement is not there, right? To observe in a kind of an ongoing way. 
So I have a question for you. Uh, why did the defilement disappear? Did you, did you do something to make it disappear? You just took note of it and it disappeared. Sometimes we think, oh, because I became aware of it, it disappeared. Is that a right understanding, a right view, or a wrong view? Okay. Now remember, everything's impermanent. If there's an ongoing awareness, you will see impermanence. Just like that. You didn't make it happen. You just observed what is actually happening. This defilement arises, it's there for a moment, it's gone. It, arise, it may arise again the next moment, and it's gone. It may arise the next moment, it's gone. At some point, it arises, you see it, it's gone, as it has been arising and passing away momentarily forever. But because there's an ongoing awareness, or ongoing mindful awareness, it can't arise again. Mindfulness and defilement can't arise, can't arise at the same time. But, Sometimes there's this rapid oscillation between, you know, you get angry. And you're, you're aware of it and you're angry, you're aware of it and you're angry. And so it feels like you are observing a defilement in an ongoing way. But actually there's, you know, kind of a, a rapid aware. So sometimes it can seem like you are observing directly an ongoing experience of the defilement. But not always. Sometimes it's just like you said. Sometimes because you become aware of something, defilements can only exist if you're not aware of them. Really. As soon as you become aware of them, they can't exist. We can, we can remember them, we can smell them, we can feel the shadow of them, we can, but you can't have a full-blown rage and full-blown awareness at the same time. Don't believe what I say. Check it out for yourself. Red shirt. Um, yeah, my question also had to do with the defilements. Um, and and I, you see, the, what you just said seems contradictory to what I was going to ask. But in the instructions, you said beyond awareness that if a defilement arises, that that's an opportunity to hang out with it um, and get to know it better and understand it. Sure, sure. And which I have plenty of opportunities because my defilements don't disappear like that. But then what happens is, so what I do first is sort of feel into it, like take note of it, feel sure. into sure. it. And then what I've been noticing is two things arise. One is confusion, like what exactly am I supposed to be doing now? I don't get this. I'm just kind of here. And then I start thinking. Sure. So I'm thinking about, you know, what happened in childhood or what's behind this. Or, and then I'm thinking about my doubt about the instructions. So I wonder if you could. Sure. So I think everybody heard the comment. Huh? So she becomes aware of uh, defilement and uh, is kind of feeling her way into it, like, what does this feel like? And then you're kind of hanging out with her for a while, but then you start to doubt that 
this is useful or am I doing it right or something like that, right? You, you, yeah, what does that mean to hang out with it? Yeah, it's just like, well, it's just here. It's like, it's, is it boring? No. No. What, what, what is your relationship to it? Here's this defilement. You're observing it. You're watching it. How are you relating to it? Um, Curious? Like, no, frustrated. Frustrated. Wanting it to go away. Angry that it doesn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, I said... <laughs> Be willing to hang out with it. If it's there and recurring and appearing and appearing, be willing to hang out with it. If you get frustrated and want it to go away, that in itself is another defilement. There's the defilement of something. And then you, you slather on another defilement of, I don't like it, and on top of that, I want to get rid of it, and on top of that, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this right, or if I'm doing this right or not, and when is the sitting going to end? Now you've got... Uh, <laughs> Now you've got a multiple defilement attack, right? It's like a Big Mac, you know? <laughs> it's a big attack. So the mind is really quick. You know, we can be looking at, at one thing and then another defilement just kind of pops up in relationship to that one. See if you can just kind of track them, just track them. Oh, this is frustration. Yeah, but I don't like it. Well, there's, there's disliking, aversion, okay. Yeah, but I don't want to be averse. Well, desire. Okay, well, notice that. Sometimes, sometimes it moves kind of quickly. You know, but sometimes you can just say, wow, this is really interesting. As long as you're interested and curious and kind of um, willing to learn from your experience, there will be times. There will be times when you feel confused. Am I doing this right? Is this worth doing? Okay, note confusion. That's what you're experiencing. Note doubt. That's what you're experiencing. Note them. They're also defilements. One more. So, gray shirt guy. Yeah. So towards towards the end of the sitting. Towards the end of the sitting. Yeah. Feeling pain in my leg. Pain in your leg. And so I'm observing the pain. And I'm investigating it. There's like tension and like heat, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Yep. And then there's this wanting the pain to go away. So I switch that. You switch to that then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aware of the wanting of going. Yeah. And the wanting goes away. The wanting goes away or the pain goes away? The wanting. The, the wanting goes away. The pain's still there. Pain's still there. <laughs> the wanting it to go away goes away. Yeah, the pain doesn't. Right. Okay. Um, Wrong. There's this impatience. This impatience sets in. Impatience sets in. Like, when is this sitting going to end? Yeah. I observe that. Yeah. That goes away. Yeah. Pain is still there. Yeah. Um, and then this resolve sets in. Resolve sets, resolve in. sets in. Rises in the mind. Right. Resolve. No, not kind of, not kind of like. No. Kind of like, I'm okay. Gonna hang out I'm going to hang out. Mm -hmm. And that lasts about three seconds. Three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to strengthen that one. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute, who moved the leg? <laughs> so it just, it moved because... The leg moved? <laughs> Wait a minute. So my question is, when is it skillful to like practice to resolve? And when is it skillful to say, you know what, this is too much? I don't know. 
Do you think I know? <laughs> uh, this is a common, I mean, I, we've all, we all have this debate, you know, we sit and at some point the body gets uncomfortable and the debate starts. Should I move now or later or, or at all? You know, and you, you, you narrated it very well. You know, compassion arises and you say, oh, be kind to yourself, move now, save yourself from suffering. You know, and then resolve arises and says, no, wait, I'm going to sit here. And then impatience arises and says, no, move now. And, you know, at some point you either keep sitting, you know, or you move. So the question is, who moved? Right? The mind moved. You can see the mind is moving all the time. And if we, as soon as you miss one moment, and the intention arises to move, and you miss it, the body will move. And you think, I moved. No, you didn't. Delusion moved. You know, ignorance of that intention is what moved the body. I check it out. Yeah, check it out. Don't take take my word for it. (laughs) No, this is investigation. Just keep looking. You know, there's no answer to, should I move now, should I move later? Generally, though, be willing to endure some discomfort with awareness, uh, but know that if you observe pain for extended periods of time, you will deplete the energy of the mind. So we don't want to deplete the energy of the mind, but we want to play with, we want to kind of work with and play with, try to be aware of and try to learn about the nature of pain and our reaction to it. And then move, adjust your posture, refresh the mind, start over again. If you just keep enduring, you know, just, you know, you can you can develop strong resolve, and and there will be a time in your practice where you'll do that, and you'll say, I don't care how painful it is, I'm going to sit here with it, <clears throat> and you can, and you will, yeah, and you might blow out your knee, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, think about it. Which would you rather have? Total liberation of mind, or, you know, at the cost of a blown out knee, or just comfort. I mean, hello. Now we'll get the second opinion. I'm sitting here being fearful that he's going to be the cause of a blown-out knee. And I've heard that happen, so... I, um, to answer the question about how long should one... And sit it until it becomes unbearable, and then you move. Yeah. But and where that is for you depends upon the time of the day and how much strength you have and all of that. But you have to decide. I just wanted to give a reminder that when there are interviews, uh, please do not uh, come in when people are sitting in the hall after your interview. If there is a sitting already happening, you can continue to walk or sit outside. Yeah. And... Um, also, it's, if it so happens that you're sitting in the hall and um, you realize, oh, I should be in that interview time right now, just get up quietly and, and leave. And a reminder again about to please be in the hall at the, 8.30, at the 8.15 sitting, the 3.45 and the 7.30 sittings. Um, where we're giving instruction. If you do have to go to the bathroom, we're, we're hoping that you do your bathroom needs before you come into the hall. And if there's an emergency and you have to leave, please come back because there are announcements at the end of this sitting that are important for the whole day. And so we'd like you to 
come back and hear those announcements. Great. Okay, have a good day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.